Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 1 through 3, 5 through 6, and 8 through 10, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 12 through 31a, the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 4, verse 14 through 21, and Psalm 19. God grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I just first want to say that uh, we have such good Bible readers at this church that it like makes me want to preach on every single thing that they read. Like, well, I'm not going to do that today, don't worry. You're like, how long are we going to be here? But Every time I, like, Cynthia, I was like, oh, I want to preach on Nehemiah now. And then, like, Gary, I was like, I'm going to preach on the gospel. But no, Jeannie, I'm preaching on 1 Corinthians because we decided beforehand that we were going to stick with the Corinthians letters throughout this season. Otherwise, I don't know what would have happened today, but I'm so excited to talk to you all about the 1 Corinthians letter. Uh, Because I'm a Bible nerd, which some of you may have guessed based on the way I dress and what I do for a living, 1 Corinthians is like maybe my favorite book of the Bible, so I love that we get a chance to talk about it. But I also love it because 1 Corinthians has a a theme that's running through it. Throughout this letter that Paul writes to this church, this gathering of people in Corinth, there is this theme of a people who are in the midst of an identity crisis in the aftermath of trauma and disruption. Their lives have been disrupted And they are trying to understand who they are now. And it's a mess trying to figure that out for them. Paul's letter is a pastoral letter, a letter from a friend and a leader talking to them, trying to help them have a sense of who they are in the midst of uncertainty and confusion. Maybe we get that a little bit. Maybe. What's the upheaval? What's the disruption for the people in the church in Corinth? It's actually really simple. Jesus. Jesus is the disruption of their lives. These people were doing just fine before Jesus came along. They had their life figured in a way that made sense to them. They knew their position in society, whether it be slave or free, low, middle, or high class, they knew it already. They knew their culture. They understood if whether they were Jewish or Greek or Jewish or Gentile. They knew how to live within that. They had a faith tradition, be it following the God of Israel or one of the pagan, the pagan traditions of the people in the, in the Greek and Roman empires. They understood how to live their lives like that. And then Jesus happened. Jesus came along, lived in this world, died and was miraculously raised again. And the people who followed Jesus found this to be so amazing, so life-changing, so world-changing. A disruption of all that had been. That they began to spread the word of who Jesus was in the world and create communities surrounded surrounding that truth 
that truth of humanity's utter belongingness to God. That's the gospel we proclaim. The good news that we proclaim is humanity's utter belongingness to God. The truth of that was a major disruption. If you believed it to be true, that Jesus was God in this world, proving our belongingness, uniting us to one another, you couldn't live anymore the way that you lived before. So what did they do? They couldn't belong to the synagogues the way they wanted to. They couldn't worship in the pagan temples the way they were accustomed. So they began to create these communities that they called churches. But what we see throughout the letter that Paul writes to the church in Corinth is that they've made this new community and they seek to become a beloved community, a community where all are belonging and beloved. They seek that, but they, while they're doing that, they are trying to hold on tightly to anything they can of the life they had before. How do we hold on to the things we understand? Sometimes we make fun of them for that. Can you believe these people are trying to create this new community, but they still want to be the way they've always been? And then we look in the mirror and we go, oh yeah, oh yeah. I want to belong to God and believe in my belonging. I want to let go of all of the things that keep me from knowing my belovedness. And I want to also live the way I've always lived. What's the problem? It doesn't work. So the people who write, the church that writes to Paul is a church in crisis. And you can see it in the letter that Jeannie read today, the portion that you heard today. This is, a, this is he is addressing a people who are dealing with deep, deep existential insecurity. Who even am I? And you know that's true in this body analogy he uses because he addresses different ways that all of us experience insecurity ourselves. He, create, he likens us, the church, the church, the community, like us, Redeemer. He likens us to, the, to a body. And then he says, what's the first thing he says? Hey, just because, and I can't just say, well, I'm not a foot, so I guess I don't belong. Who's he addressing? People who experience that insecurity. Oh, I'm not... I'm not like this person. I wonder if I have any business being here. And the, the people that I know who've gone through that are roughly everybody. Every single person I've met. But now, currently, today, in the context of this ongoing, long-term disruption and trauma in the global pandemic in which we continue to exist, Many of us, and not just in the world, I want to speak directly and clearly to us about being a church community, a people who belong to each other in Jesus' name. Many of us have asked the question, do I have a place in whatever the church is becoming? Do I fit in this? Is there a place for me in the community in whatever it's becoming. And by the way, what is it becoming? Will someone please explain it to me? Or at least, can we just go back to the way things were or pretend they were the way they were 
Because I at least, even if I was uncomfortable with who I was, I knew who I was in it. So Paul's addressing that insecurity. People who are insecure, they've, they've become community. They've become a new kind of way of being together, but it's disruptive and scary, and they don't know how to do it. So they're falling back on their old distinctions, their old privileges, their old ways of seeing themselves. And as I said, some of them are insecure. Maybe I don't even belong in this, to which he says, you belong. Is a foot saying, I guess I shouldn't be here, make it any less a part of the body? It's a part. You are a part of this body, even if you aren't clear of how right now. Even if you're scared and, and not sure of your place in this community, you are utterly belonging. But there's, there's more kinds of insecurity that are being addressed in this letter. Because he goes right from that place of, do I belong? To our other favorite expression of insecurity. Does that person belong here? Oh, that's my favorite. I love that one a lot more. I'm more comfortable with it. One of the things I've noticed throughout this pandemic is the deep joy we take in being frustrated with other people for handling the pandemic differently than we do. Oh, it feels so good, doesn't it? To be like, you idiot. You're the reason it's all terrible. Oh, yeah, not me. Or God forbid this is something that's uncontrollable. There's only so much we can do. It's so much more fun to focus my fear and uncertainty outward. And so Paul says, do you think you can really say to people that they might be a member of the body, but the part of the body they are is less important than you? Who do you think you are? Paul has no room for it. You don't get to diminish yourself in the life of the beloved community. You don't get to diminish yourself in God's eyes, but you also don't get to disregard and diminish others if you are serious about living in the aftermath of Jesus Christ. If we belong to God in Jesus Christ, then Paul says that means we belong to each other. And that's scary. It draws us into places of uncertainty and vulnerability, which is something we're becoming quite acquainted with right now, whether we like it or not. The differences between the church and Corinth in the church in Cincinnati, there are many. One of the big obvious differences is that for the church in Corinth, life outside of the church is going normally. Their decision to be church is the disruption. Their decision to believe that all people belong to God and they're going to live as if that's true has changed the way they live. They can no longer rely on the distinctions that made them feel better than others. They have to learn how to live together and care for one another and act as if it's true that everyone belongs, everyone matters. That's a big difference because right now, for us, the church absolutely is in the midst of disruption, but it's a disruption our whole planet is experiencing. So nothing feels safe. We don't get to say, maybe if I just step outside of this community, I'll feel better because it's all uncertain. 
And I don't really have like a word of comfort for you on that one or for myself. It's just scary and we ought to be honest about that. We have something powerfully in common with the church in Corinth and it's not just our insecurity. It's not just our identity crisis. We have something powerfully in common with the people in the church in Corinth. What Paul keeps drawing them back to is the truth that God is present in their lives and in their communities. And that even when they are uncertain of what is happening, God has them. God's caring for them, loving them, and drawing them into lives of redemption is not conditional upon their understanding or their perfect behavior. They can be scared. They can be confused. They can have all the crises they got to have and be a mess and be not sure what to do next. And that doesn't make them any less belonging to God. We sometimes, we get this all wrong because we keep thinking, you know, if we would just learn how to belong to God and learn how to belong to each other, then, then, Christ would make himself known and we'd be okay. The world would be cared for and it would all make sense. If we could just get our act together, we would be fine. But the truth of the gospel as expressed by Paul is that God is already present and working and active in our lives. And the way that we act as if that's true is by acknowledging our belonging and the belonging of those around us. We belong to each other. What's the most important piece in a puzzle? A lot of us have been doing puzzles during the pandemic. I've been doing a lot of them. What's the most important piece? The one that's missing, right? Isn't that it? Doesn't matter if it's on the edge or in the center or over here or an eye or a flower. It doesn't matter if you've got the whole puzzle going and a piece is missing. How do you feel? Infuriated, incomplete, frustrated. This isn't right. We belong to each other completely and totally. This is why the losses we've suffered during this pandemic have been so painful. They're always painful, but they're particularly painful during this time when we lose people that are a part of this body because we haven't been able to say goodbye the way we want. It's scary and hard. It's also why the people who have joined this community during this time have made it all the more joyous. It's not just, ooh, there are new people showing up. Isn't that cool? It's, oh, this is what our body looks like. This is who we belong to and who belongs to us. What a gift. What an ongoing revelation of God's presence we continue to experience even in these scary times. The people in Paul's church that he write, to whom he writes, they don't know 
exactly what they're going to look like moving forward. So Paul is trying to train them to understand that whatever they look like, God will be with them. And they will live into that presence of God by learning how to belong to each other. The same is true for us. This church, like every church I know of right now, is in the midst of an identity crisis, a great disruption, so much uncertainty, and who are we? We are a people who have been brought together by God. That's who we are. We are a people who belong to God. And the way that we live into that belonging to God is by belonging to each other. And Christ is now and ever will be in our midst. Whatever we are and whatever we are becoming, we are becoming that community together. And we will see God working in all of it. In Jesus' name.